do want to consider the position in regards to trying to restore movement capabilities because the, the, whether it be psychological stress, physical stresses, training, other behaviors, we tend to get the superficial musculature more involved. And this is where we can take somebody that, that is well-designed to be this cylinder that can turn. We can actually take that turn away. So let's just take our, our narrow slender pitcher and let's overstrength train them, which would require them to squeeze much harder to produce force. And while we might be able to in, increase their force production and even performance would improve up to a certain point, we can take them past that certain point where we actually take away some of the essential qualities that they need to be able to perform their activities or sport, or um, somebody might start to experience um, pain in, in, in certain joints, or they would acquire certain diagnoses of you know, knee pain, shoulder pain, elbow pain, back pain, because they have lost their ability uh, their ability to turn under those circumstances. Welcome to Reconsider. I'm Bill Hartman. This is the podcast to challenge you to ask better questions, to look beyond traditional models of thinking and arrive at better health and fitness solutions. About breathing stuff we talked about so far was a lot of the mechanics in the first episode and then second episode was more, we talked, we, we dove into nasal breathing, belly breathing. And then we ended up talking about the, um, an exercise. We talked about hook lying mm -hmm. and using that as a, as a way to, to start to feel the things, but right. you know, the next part, I think what we wanted to get into was talking about how breathing is different for wide and narrow structurally, mm -hmm. and then positional breathing and how we can utilize, uh, laying, you know, prone or face down, laying face up, laying on your side, going up into on your elbows or hands and quadruped um, or even like seated and standing, how, how we can adjust like how, things. Yeah. Because the, well, the volume, the, the, the positions are going to determine what direction the compression is, what direction the volume goes, et cetera. But sure. if, if we look at this from a, from a structural perspective and we have to talk about the two extremes, that's, that's the thing we want to, we want to make very, very clear. So we're, we're going to take 8 billion people, we're going to compare them two by two, and we're going to find somebody that has the what we would represent as the widest structure and then somebody that would have the narrowest of structure. And so we're talking yes. about two people um, in comparison because the, the, the physical structure is going to determine what your bias is. So one is actually going to be um, a, a person that's more predisposed to being a better exhaler, one is going to be predisposed towards someone that's going to be a better inhaler, um, generally speaking. And so um, the, the bias in structure of somebody that would be the, the tall and narrow individual is actually somebody that would, that would be predisposed to being, think about like twisting someone, like twisting a towel and it gets narrower. And so this person would actually be biased towards taking a, a breath in to maintain a certain degree of expansion, which allows you to move more freely. Whereas we had somebody that would be the opposing structure that is actually expanded sideways. Um, they actually need to actually squeeze themselves in just a little bit so they can move a little bit more freely. And, and so that's why we have these, these opposing strategies. And so the, the person that would be expanded sideways would, would be a biased towards a little bit more of an exhalation. And so again, that, that right away um, makes the influence of structure um, 
quite important in regards to what you are capable of, of doing well. And so we would see your taller, slender folk that, that maintain a little bit of a bias towards inhalation. They actually turn and twist actually a little bit better than, than other people do. Our person that is a little bit, bit wider in structure, not as good a turner, but also very good at squeezing. So they are your big force producers. So if we were to use a, like an example, like a couple of extreme examples from the sporting world. If you think about, so Randy Johnson was a was a baseball pitcher, and I believe he was about 6'11". Um, really good example of a, of a taller, slender individual with great turning capabilities as a, as a baseball pitcher. Then you take your typical offensive lineman in American football, who is tends to have a much broader, wider structure and very well designed not to turn because in American football, if I have an offensive lineman that gets turned easily, um, they, they end up um, having a quarterback that gets very angry with them because if an offensive lineman gets turned, that means the defense got past them. And then the quarterback is laying on his back counting how many lights there are in the stadium lights because he's, He's looking up at the sky way too often. Um, so again, that sort of lends us, like I said, to, to being predisposed by physical structure. And you'll see this, like and the Olympics are always the great example of, of structure uh, because there are definite biases um, that we would see. So for instance, a high jumper and a shot putter would have two totally different structures. And, and again, the, the way that they produce movement um, and their ability to, to bend and twist is totally different because of that. See if this resonates with you. You want to get back to the gym and get in shape. Maybe get back to playing golf or your favorite sport or get out and go for a run. Maybe you just want to move and feel better. But every time you restart, that old ache or strain rears its ugly head and interrupts your comeback. When I wrote All Gain No Pain for my patients who had completed their physical therapy, we knew what they were ready for. You're in a different space with a different starting point than before. You don't feel like a physical therapy patient, so you're gonna to need to approach this differently. With some guidance, you'll first need to reconstruct your movement foundation that takes your physical structure into consideration. You're going to have ongoing questions as you think differently, so you're going to need a like-minded, supportive community to support your progression. If you're ready to begin your reconstruction, we have a new group starting soon. Send an email to reconyourself at gmail.com to start your process. Right. And then thinking about it from if we were to take two cylinders and then one is going to be a little rounder of a mm -hmm. cylinder and narrow of a cylinder. If I was to put that on us like a slant, it would roll pretty easily down the hill. Correct. And then if we we're talking about the wider structure is still going to be cylindrical, but it might be a little more oblong. So more of like an oval shape to right. it. Correct. It'll still roll down the hill, but it'll kind of like flop its way down. It's, it's almost like trying to roll a refrigerator downhill. Yeah, so it will it will get there if you give it enough. Yeah, uh, that's why I, I often I will often refer to those people as refrigerator turns because yeah, it's kind of what it looks like. Right, and then you know with with as we've talked about before with external compression and tasks and environments, right. both structures can become flat turners. Correct, and and so so this and this this is one of those situations where we do want to consider the position in regards to trying to restore movement capabilities, because the, the, whether it be psychological stress, physical stresses, training, other behaviors, 
we tend to get the superficial musculature more involved. And this is where we can take somebody that, that is well designed to be this cylinder that can turn. We can actually take that turn away. So let's just take our, our narrow slender pitcher and let's overstrength train them, which would require them to squeeze much harder to produce force. And while we might be able to in, increase their force production and even performance would improve up to a certain point, we can take them past that certain point where we actually take away some of the essential qualities that they need to be able to perform their activities or sport, or um, somebody might start to experience um, pain in, in, in certain joints, or they would acquire certain diagnoses of you know, knee pain, shoulder pain, elbow pain, back pain, because they have lost their ability uh, their ability to turn under those circumstances. Yeah. And, so and I think in the, in, yeah, in the future, I think we're definitely going to talk because that's a topic that we might gloss over a bit, but it's very important is that certain exercises for certain structures are not appropriate. So then yeah. you end up saying like, okay, well, your, your narrow uh, golfer or thrower might it might not be beneficial for them to be trap or deadlifting year round or doing back squats just because of right. like what you're saying the imposed forces from doing that activity might actually rob your ability to turn yeah it's, so you know we we, ha we have to understand what the trade-offs are right if, if if we take and again we take something that's that's narrow and slender we say we need we need them need them to be stronger aka produce more force and so we use activities that are typically designed and well designed for that um, but we we got to be careful with how much of that that we would utilize because we can take away again we, we if if I need to produce more force I might have to give up something else to do that and then that those are the decisions that we have to make but let's go back to let's go back to the positional stuff now. And, and and talk about about that. Um, so let's go ahead and use this narrow person that we were talking about. Okay, and let's just say that we would never do this, Chris. We would never have somebody that we would accidentally take away their ability to turn. But let's just say that they trained with somebody else, and so they're very very squished, and they get squished they get squished front to back, so they get spread out sideways, and so that that makes our our slender turning person that would roll down the hill, flip and flop down the hill, like at the refrigerator that we were talking about before. So it would behoove us to actually select activities to sort of re-expand them front to back and actually restore this cylindrical representation. So it stands to reason we take somebody that's kind of smashed front to back, so they're spread out sideways, and then we turn them and we put them on their side. There's an advantage immediately to putting someone like that on their side to promote improved movement because what you have to appreciate is that you're a big bag of water, okay? Not to be insulting, we just are. Um, so if I take this person that's kind of smashed front to back, I put them on their side. As soon as I lay you on your side, the, the fluid volume of your body, so and let's just think internal organs for right now, will fall towards the, the surface that you're laying on because of gravity, obviously. Well, that force pushes down into that side and actually creates an expansion front to back on the downside. That's very advantageous from a positional standpoint. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So that encourages the AP diameter to improve right then and there. I superimpose a breath on top of that in that position. I have now gained um, further expansion front to back. We also have to consider the fact that while we don't think about this too much, air is a fluid, okay? And it's going to respond to gra gravity as well. 
not to the same degree that we would see with something denser like water, but but it does uh, uh, get influenced by gravity. So as we breathe in, the airflow fills from the bottom up, whatever the bottom would be relative to gravity. And so as we breathe in, we are expanding that downside to a much greater degree as this lung fills up. There's also less resistance um, to, to the, the uh, uh, the sort of recoil of the thorax under that circumstance. So very advantageous for us to put somebody on their side when they're when they're squished front to back. So somebody that would lose their turns, which might show up to some sort of ache or pain in a joint that has to turn. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we're talking about we're talking about the either structure, either extreme structure, when. Mm -hmm whatever task or whatever behavior that they need to be able to perform that's compressed them from front to back. So that eventually, I think it's a good thing to reiterate that when you keep going down this path of compensation and you keep your body keeps finding different ways to keep you moving forward through space or performing whatever task you need to be able to do every day, say it's yard work or some type of manual labor or sitting at a desk, there's these paths of least resistance that you'll take, and there's these typical layers of compression that will keep being added upon your body until we get to a point where both structures end up sort of looking the same with that, that compression from front to back. Right. And if you weren't really to know the rules or know where either of them came from, you might treat both people the same. And that would be a big mistake. And that's kind of what we're trying to explain when we're talking about the variation in the structure. So right. we we might take a narrow individual who's compressed, put them on their side in order to get that front to back expansion again, like you were saying. And we also might take a wide individual and put them on their side to get that front to back representation. But as we start to peel back the layers of their compensation, that's when it's going to start to vary. Right. Right. Yeah. So maybe we should maybe we should take a few steps back and we should talk about because people other, other than people just taking our word for it, that there are two different types of extremes to the structure. Right. What right. can we tell them as like how the body develops from maybe even all the way back from embryological, like when a child develops that makes one person. I know you had mentioned twisting the towel. That might be helpful to talk about just mm -hmm. from bones and skeleton and embryos. Uh -huh. Um why do, why do we end up with a narrower version archetype and a, a wider version of the the structure? You mean because you you it's the parents that you picked and the way that they mix together makes it yeah, but 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 as you develop, I mean, other than just like what what the the DNA would allow it to create, what what differences are happening as that that embryo develops into a narrower or a wider individual? Um, it, honestly, it's, it, there's like, you, you're not going to, you're not going to change who you are. Like mom and dad kind of decided what you will, what you will be. And, and so we, we are designed on diagonals and, and, and helices is essentially what we're, what we're created by reason being is because if you, if you're not designed that way, um, it's, it, the great representation is looking at, a, at the old garden hoses versus the current garden hoses. So the old garden hoses were were designed with straight lines, and so they would kink and bend, and 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 you it affects the ability for the fluid to actually flow th through your body. We are designed on helices 
um, which allows us to bend and twist and utilize um, the energy that's actually stored in the bends and twists to allow us to move very easily. And so humans don't kink, right? When we bend, right? We, we bend actually very smoothly under those circumstances, but but because of the, the parents that we chose and the way that, that, that all these genes mix together, we'll have helices that are a little bit more vertical or helices that are a little bit more horizontal. And so that's gonna determine. So if I have helices that are more vertical, that makes me a taller, slender looking individual. If I have helices that are a little bit more horizontal, that provides me this expanded in, into, the, into the wider physical structure. Both have benefits, both have, have detriments as far as like what they can ultimately do from a performance standpoint. But that's essentially why why there's a difference and, and why we would see these differences arise in, in movement behaviors and capabilities. Yeah. And I think it's it's sort of the genetic cards that you're dealt. Like that's that's the the deck that you have to play with. And you're never right. really and it's it's unrealistic. So a lot of times people are being told that they can look like whoever. So they want to look like they want to look like Kate uh, Blanchett, or they want to in this movie, or they want to look like, uh, they want to look like, you know, Benicio del Toro in this movie or whatever, whatever it might be. And they hand interesting you a choice, Interesting choices on your part. Well, uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've met both of them. So I don't know. They, they oh, okay. Well, there you go. Okay. So, um, uh, for those of you watching, for watching this far into the video, please list your favorite actor in the comments. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Bruce Willis. Yeah. So the, Bruce Willis, the greatest That's actor. That's your favorite actor of all time. Greatest huh? actor of our greatest actor of our time. Interesting. Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell number two. Who's my favorite actor? Kurt Russell's number two. I Billy Crudup is up there though. I like Billy Crudup. Yeah, Crudup. Billy. Billy, I also know Billy. Yeah, I like Billy Crudup a lot. Um, but Bruce Billy Willis, is hands, a... down. hands down. Bruce Willis. Yeah. yeah. Uh this is going to take me a while to think of, so I'm not. I'm well, you have not too many because to... you've actually met these people. It's like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's I, true. I I I I just I watch from afar. <laughs> I choose that way. I don't know the person. Um, so yeah, what? Uh, anyways, so the the thing I end up telling these people, especially when they come to me and they're like, "I want to look like this person," I tell them the realistic way to think about it is. Look at, think about everyone in your extended family. Who are the most athletic people in your family? Like, does your, you have an uncle who runs triathlons or do you have a, do you have a, a, a brother who, you know, um, or a, another aunt or uncle that used to be a thrower in college and everyone in your family seems to be a little more like wider, right. stout individuals. Like you are going to look like the most in shape and fit version of those people. And that's that's that will typically be the truth, because like in my family, we all tend to be pretty narrow and and yeah. lanky and tall for, you know, um, and it's in the people in my family are relatively soft, like they're they're not very muscular and, and low body fat percentage. So right. I, the best I'm going to get is if I work really hard, I can probably get to 10 percent body fat and not really yeah. have abs. But that's just I, I just understand that just based on right. my the rest of the people right. in my family. Yeah, like it, and again, we we look at this the, like the the closer you get to an extreme, the more predisposed to certain things that you know, good or bad, um, that it's gonna it's gonna determine. It's like you know if if you're a tall, slender individual, um, and again, look you just get look at the sporting world. It's like okay, maybe you're gonna play tennis. 
or you're going to throw a baseball. You're going to do things that are that are more rotational than horse producing, right? Maybe you're still fast by relative terms, but you might not be the fastest guy, right? Because the fastest guy is going to have another element of structure that, that is superimposed upon that that allows him to do things at a much higher force in a much shorter period of time. Therefore, you are faster. Um, but again, it's, it, but people tend to tend to gravitate towards the things that they're good at. And so your physical structure sort of leads you in that direction. Yeah. So let's say, let's say we've, so we gave the example of putting someone on their side who's compressed yeah. to allow yeah. them to get front to back expansion. Uh -huh. Let's say we've restored that ability to get uh -huh. that front to back expansion. Uh -huh. What are then, as we start to diverge into the wide realm and the narrow realm, what are both of these types of people going to be better at doing? And what are the positions that I'm actually going to want to put each group into in order to continue this de-layering of uh, compensation? Okay, so so we can go back to this helical representation that, that will, will be helpful for some from a vertical versus a horizontal representation. So again, we have a helix that, that would be sort of crisscross and more of a vertical representation one that would be more horizontal. And so then we, we, we think about bases of support. So the base of support is where your feet land on the ground and where you, where you move optimally within that space between your feet. So our narrow people will have a narrower stance but they will have more of more of like a front to back representation where they move really, really well. Whereas the wider folk will be spread out literally from side to side. Now they will still have a forward and a back, but it's gonna be further away from the, the center of their body and, and probably not as extreme front to back. So they're gonna they're gonna benefit from activities that are in these wider bases where the again, the taller slender folk are gonna be a little bit more front to back and not quite as far apart. And again, it just stands to reason. It, it just fits into their, their profile. And it doesn't mean you can never do either or, it's just what are you going to be better at versus um, something that might be a little bit more physically challenging, something that may may demand a more uh, compensatory type of an activity, which again, we it's not that we never move into these compensatory strategies, it's just that we have to understand what happens under those circumstances. This is where we start to lose movement capabilities. This is where we start to potentially um, absorb more of the load through structure. And, and again, this is how we, when we work with people, especially people that have had, you know, history of therapies or, or rehab or however we want to look at that, it's like we have to take these, these structural elements into consideration um, because that's, we want, we want to emphasize um, and optimize their capabilities. We don't want to start pushing them into strategies that would be less than optimal for their physical structures. Right. So that that's going to lead into to give us an opportunity to talk about the sponsor of this podcast, which is Recon. Recon. Program designed for your body structure. And this is where, <laughs> you know, a little little icon will pop up. So we I don't know, I think it was two episodes ago. We had talked about how Bill and I created a program called Recon that's based on what your structure is and what your goals are, so that we don't just give everyone a generalized fitness program that if done by everyone with a certain intensity might just end up compressing every the the bejesus out of everybody so instead we're you you sign up answer a questionnaire based on what your goal is either you want to get back to movement you want to get back to playing sports you want to get back to just training again in the gym we lay out a plan to kind of learn how to recapture movements and get these sort of uh compressions to to subside and then it's all based in an app and has a community aspect to it. 
So if you're interested in that, I'll put a little video of what the app actually looks like because we had some people asking us questions. But since the last time we talked about it, we've got a whole bunch of people signing up that are liking it already. And if you're interested, uh, go ahead and email us at reconyourself at gmail.com and then put in the subject line that you're interested in the recon program. And we'll send you some information and get you set up so that you can try it yourself. Um, yeah, that's our that's our advertisement for the that podcast. was well done. I was yeah. very impressive. Well, it's like I've been working on this for the last <laughs> six months. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, if you got if you have questions or you want to know more, just shoot us an email. Yeah. Um, and then if you want to see what the program looks like, like I said, I, I just included if if future me is a good enough producer, he included the video of what the program looks like. <laughs> um, so, okay. We, <laughs> talking right. to my future. We got so. some positions. We got. We want to talk about a couple of more positions. Yeah, we want to, I wanted to talk specifically about, so just to, I'm going to try to keep reiterating what you're saying or maybe rephrase it in a way. So you're talking about the wider base of support being the, the for the wider individuals. So right. if you imagine my feet need, have more space to move this way, uh, a narrow individual has more space to move front to back. So yeah. Yeah. that's going to change the positions that you're going to want to use with these people uh, for positional breathing and movement related stuff and for how you program like different types of squatting, different types of pressing, different types of uh, pulling, whatever you want to consider. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, so here you go um, real quick. And then and we want to talk about like maybe another position in regards to some of the breath stuff, since this is a breathing related episode. Sure. Your wider, the wider person that has the more horizontal design is going to be a really good deadlifter, generally speaking. The person that has a more vertical design is going to be a much better squatter in comparison to a deadlifter. So that's so, like, if you ever wondered, like, why am I really good at this and not really good at this? The, the, these are the, some of the structural elements. And there's some crossover between the two. There are people that, that you know, would appear to be good squatters regardless of their of their their design, but again, we're speaking generally at the extremes. This will be representative of why certain activities maybe have been uncomfortable for you in, in the past or been problematic for you in the past. It's because you're trying to do something against your physical structure. Yeah, and that there's going to be people listening that are gonna go, hey, Bill, I'm a narrow guy and I love deadlifting. Yeah, and that's fine, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay with that. It's like, well, yeah, if you if you if you have really long arms and you practice deadlifting enough, you will eventually compress yourself enough to be good at deadlifting. Maybe. Maybe so. Yeah. Maybe so. But you're you're sort of going against what what nature might have intended for you. Like that, we, we have to look at we have to look at the extremes. And and again, there's there's always a few, there's always a few exceptions. Like like I'm willing to accept that, but we're speaking. Right. <laughs> so we're getting uh we're getting kind of into our, our time here. So I want to try to get grab a couple of examples. Let, maybe we talk about um, why like a a hip bridge is a better, like a hip lift or a hip bridge is a better version of uh, a position for a wide versus like quadruped being a better position for a narrow. Well, this this just has to do with, and we, we, we think about this in, internally, like where these these compressions will tend to arise to a much greater degree. Right. So if we think about 
like one side versus the other. So front versus back. We'll have certain people that are predisposed to have a greater uh, strategy. Like when we're talking about superficial muscles here that are contributing to performance or movements or whatever that can interfere with with the ability to move air around. Um, we'll, we'll see a tendency for the taller, slender person to, to first get, get the, uh, the pressure from the superficial muscle on the front side of their body. So we would move them towards something that would be where they would be more prone. So the, so the front of your body would face the floor more often under those circumstances. We would use supportive postures, whether it be laying on your belly propped up on your elbows or propped up on your elbows and your knees or on your hands and knees, because that's going to allow and promote the expansion on that side. Whereas if we were taking somebody that would be um, more predisposed to, the, again, this, this wider structure, we're going to see a lot more pressure from the backside first. We want to put that side down because, again, we're, we're taking advantage of the gravitational influence and, and what it does to you internally to promote the ability to expand in those directions. And so we might see something show up in a, in a little bit more. Um, and again, I, I tend to not use like... I don't want people to think that glute bridges are the solution under this. Right. It's an example. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's a positional influence that we're talking about. We're not talking about, about driving more muscles. We're not talking about a weakness. Like people are saying, Oh, I have weak glutes. Like that, like the standard thing across the board that you're going to see promoted on, on any YouTube channel that, Oh, weak glutes, weak, whatever. Uh, something that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a position that actually gluteal amnesia. <laughs> gluteal amnesia. Yeah, my, my they forgot. Are, they forgot they their forgot. identity. They forgot how to work. Right. Yeah. Um, but we're, what we're talking about here is we're, we're we're talking about positions that would predispose you to greater success in promoting an expansion in a different area in relation to gravity. Really yeah. yeah. And, and so we're gravity. using. So it's it's. I think it's helpful to. So the, we had said the end result of when you're going to see the physical therapist or when you need to talk to a trainer or a coach, uh, the end result is probably going to look similar for narrows and wides just based on all of the compressions that are there. The, the road to get to that end, we call it what we would call end game, is different though. So as we sort of peel back the layers, we start to lose these compressions, just knowing where, and what you had mentioned about like where the compressions tend to start is important. And it also, I think a good way to think about it is like where the body tends to trap air and fluid uh, for, for either individual and then using gravity to help alleviate that compression. Because if, in a gravity field, my only option is to expand. So that's the bias that's created when I stand in a gravity field. So if I, if I have, if I'm face down as a narrow and I have the sort of trapped compressed front and I want that to open up, I let it hang into gravity. And if I'm compressed in the backside, like a wide, and I flip backwards, so a hip bridge or a glute bridge, my back mm -hmm. is, is off the ground. So that area can then expand and sort of give way to gravity in that, in that case without having sort of any extra compression there. So that's, that's really why we use those two um, examples. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, we talked a little bit about why face down it would be helpful for narrows, why face up would be helpful for wides. And we talked about why laying on your side would be useful for anyone with high levels of compression, just to try to get that expansion from front to back. So I think that's 
the basics of what we wanted to cover in this episode was just about the positional breathing and the reasons why we would use different positions. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, it can get a little bit confusing. So it's, yeah. it's um, you know, part of the reason that you and I have jobs and that's <laughs> part of the reason why yeah. like programs that we are creating are, well, it exists now. I don't think anyone's really, really done anything like this yet trying to maybe they they think they're doing that maybe maybe yeah i don't i just don't pay enough attention to anything else so. right well you're just it, part of part of the benefit of you just being so bad with technology is that <laughs> even if you wanted to pay attention to all these things you wouldn't really be able to i still could do it i still could do because you're just like <laughs> looking through your this is this is this is the peak. This is, of this my, is my bill. This is my bill impression. <laughs> and then be like, wait, which you where's know, the button? Where's this where's the button for it? <laughs> you know, Chris, if I had feelings, <laughs> they would be hurt right now. <laughs> You'd reach through that computer screen and punch me in the face. Uh, we had um, we had somebody you sign up what? for the program. We're we're probably going to need like a part four of this, aren't we? At some yeah, point. probably. I mean, I think we'll, we'll, uh, I think next episode, I want to talk about good exercises versus bad exercises. Uh, Cause we had, okay. I had mentioned it earlier and I, and we, in a, for one of the other businesses I run, uh, we had talked about back squatting being having some negative consequences for throwers and sure. rotational athletes. And people got very upset as you would oh. expect. Uh, because they, they well, don't like, people don't like being told that things that they like to do might not be the best thing for them. The, 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 the one, the one thing that, that is the, the greatest difficulty for, for people to accept is that the thing that they want to be the solution might not be the solution. Yeah. No matter what they've been told or what they, what they've heard, because they just don't understand what the, all the possibilities are the the broader your understanding of of what can happen under any number of circumstances the the better your trade-off will be trade-off very few solutions mostly trade-offs and so that's the thing that that's what we want to talk about it's like there's no exercise necessarily that is inherently good or bad we just have to take into consider who's doing it when are they doing it how much are they doing it and then what are all the possibilities we have to think about about you know what is the the primary effect but what are the secondary and tertiary and and ongoing consequences of this right? At one point in time, it might be the perfect exercise for you. At another point in time, it might be the exact opposite of what you're trying to achieve. That's right. what we have to talk about next time. And that'll be next time, folks. Awesome. <laughs> Finger guns. Don't, 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 don't do the, don't do that. <laughs> don't touch, what did they used to say? Don't touch that dial. <laughs> don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Reconsider is sponsored by Substance Nutrition. Go to substancenutrition.com, get your neuro coffee, better coffee, better brain, and synthesis, better protein, better body. Enter the coupon code RECON, R-E-C-O-N, and get free shipping on all of your orders.